Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Worldwide Knicks podcast. Uh, one week later, a little bit ahead of schedule. You know, I know we talked about you know every other week until the season starts, but you know we were back uh, on another episode this week. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, uh, Omar here alongside with Alex and Rafa. Uh, so the usual three, three Musketeers, whatever you want to call it, big three. You know, since it's a basketball <laughs> podcast. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah, there, there's I'm that. not boss. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a te- that's a little teaser thing, real quick. Uh, uh, before we get started, I just want to get a couple things out of the way. Of course, this is a New York Knicks podcast, and there's a couple things that are kind of linked to New York City and a little bit to the Knicks that I kind of want to call attention to. Uh, first, on behalf of uh, Alex, Rafa, and myself, uh, we want to just just express condolences to Michael K. Williams' family. The, if you guys don't know who that is, uh, he is a uh, was a great actor who passed away recently uh, in his apartment in New York City. Uh, he was 54 years old, most notably for his roles as Omar in The Wire. And he was also uh, a fixture on Boardwalk Empire. Um, Michael was a native New Yorker from Brooklyn and uh, an amazing actor and a dedicated Knicks fan. You know, he was, uh, he was at MSG a few times and... Uh, Alex, I know pre uh, pre episode we were talking about uh, him on the wire, which of course is such an such an iconic role. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely going to be one of his biggest legacy points. Sure, I mean I, I, I was obsessed with the wire for a long, long time, and um, I mean it's it's hard to pick a favorite character in that show. Mm-hmm. There's so many, but yeah, he's yeah he's hard not to love, you know, in that show. He's a fantastic character, you know. Yeah, an incredible, yeah, uh, incredible actor, incredible character. Uh, he will be missed, and uh, you know, condolences out to to his family on uh, his loss. Um, also, uh, we are recording this on September twelfth. Uh, that is a day after the twentieth anniversary of the September eleventh uh, attacks. Uh, very personal day for me. Uh, I was living in New York City at the time, and actually saw the second plane hit the second tower. Um, through a bathroom window in uh, the school that I was attending. Um, And obviously it's a day that's very difficult for a lot of Americans, very difficult for every New Yorker. Uh, I wrote a uh, article about this, about my experiences as an Arab American and New Yorker uh, on that day and the aftermath for, uh, for myself and my relatives and my family. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes if you're interested in, um, in reading that. And I'll, uh, I'll just pass it over to Alex and Rafa to talk about you know, what they remember from that day that changed so much uh, 20 years ago. Sure, um, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm gonna show my age a little bit. Rafa's gonna go on and tell you how he was 10 when it happened. but. Um, I, I was. Uh, I learned. <laughs> I was uh, uh, about twenty-four. Um, I was actually working for a stockbroker's at the time, and I was I was um, on holiday, uh, just sitting in the flat, and basically watched you know rolling news for what felt like about two days solid. Uh, just absolutely transfixed by it. Um, the chaos obviously going going on in the in the in the the stocks and shares world um while i while i was off you know it was total total chaos you know and the stockbrokers i worked for had lots of uh, connections and friends and 
um, that were in the Twin Towers. So um, that's really, I mean, it's incomparable to kind of what you went through, uh, Omar. But um, in Rafa, you were saying before that about how you were only 10 when it happened, but um, I was actually thinking that's that's kind of interesting because I remember growing up when you're that when you're really young, you don't have a huge perspective of of you know the enormity of things like that that happen. You know, it's it's not the only thing that's happened like that uh, over the years, and um, just even from personal thing, if if you've had people that die, you you know, and you're at the funeral and you're that young, it's it's, it's hard to kind of contemplate what's going on, but. I was just more interested about kind of you at that age, if you really understood what was going on, you know, when you were seeing it. I mean, um, there was a, a, a lot of the culture change and um, Omar talked about it in his article and I think without the Arabs, uh, not, not only in America without Arab Americans, but uh, Arabs and Muslims, there was a lot of uh, like a, a culture change. That, okay, they were the enemy. And I don't know, here in Portugal, we're obviously close to, to, to Africa. Morocco is right there. It's, uh, and there was a lot of, uh, oh, we have to be careful because we're right here. We can be next. And I was like, okay, we're a small country. Who cares about us? I was 10. I was really young. I remember um, I, came out, I was at school in the morning. I get out, got out of school, went home. And uh, yeah, I, I think I saw on TV the the second plane um, and uh, after that the, maybe it's just a memory i don't have i don't know if it's like that because I, I, I was 20 years ago and i was 10 years old but they kept showing and showing every day every for weeks and for months the planes crashing and people jumping off the the, the building and uh it was kind of shocking and it was a uh, 10 year old you don't know how the process that uh, like that and uh, to me as a young kid America, like America, no one touches America. It was the idea of a young kid and seeing something happen like that. It's like, okay, this is what's happening. What? And no, nobody. I didn't knew. I was ten. My friend, we talked all kind of all kinds of crap. We we didn't know, but uh, it was uh, it's kind of for a little kid. It can be kind kind of scary the way that people in the the media talked about it and how they influenced us uh, with that. Every Muslim, as every Arab, is is a bad is, is a bad person. We we can get attacked. Like it's not like that, man. Come on. But we didn't know. It was all new information. No one was expecting this. So yeah, we grew up. Uh, it's, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's um the interesting thing that I think is like uh, I think about ripple effects and. Uh, you know, the fact of, you know, obviously there's the easy one, which is, you know, Arabs and Muslims being, uh, you know, harassed at airports and stuff like that. Um, but there's also like the secondary effect of, you know, you had certain legislation come through in countries and like European countries and obviously the Patriot Act in the U.S. where, you know, there was like, you know, blatant discrimination, like, you know, France has, has done things like that over the past uh, couple decades uh, that really is you know oppressive to Muslim women, especially. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a day, I think, you know, that the world changed. And, um, you know, I think uh, we all agreed that it was, uh, it was important that we talked about it for a little bit. Obviously, this is a, um, a basketball podcast. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys, uh, Alex and Rafa, sharing uh, your experiences. Uh, it's always fascinating to me, uh, just as someone who was in the middle of it, to see, you know, what uh, somebody across the Atlantic Ocean uh, experienced mm -hmm. and... Uh, 
So thank you guys for, uh, for sharing your stories. You know, I, I think that adds a lot of value and just shows that even across a gigantic ocean, you know, everybody was affected by this in one way or another. Um, but we want to go from there and talk about uh, back to basketball a little bit. Um, yesterday also was uh, a day where the 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame uh, class was inducted. I'm just going to kind of read off the players uh, or the names that were inducted of note. So uh, Bill Russell, uh, the Boston Celtics great, was inducted as a coach in addition as a player. Uh, another Boston Celtic, Paul Pierce, was inducted. Uh, Toronto Raptor and Miami Heat player, Chris Bosh. Uh, Bulls player, Tony Kukoc. Uh, Chris Weber, who played for a bunch of teams. And uh, notable Detroit Piston, Ben Wallace, were all inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, notable that Ben Wallace is actually the first undrafted player to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's uh, an interesting little bit of trivia. Obviously, me living in the Detroit area, he's a legend here. You know, uh, everybody was uh, all about all over social media and uh, being so happy that he is now in the Hall of Fame. Um, and I guess my biggest takeaway from all these players is like, I'm happy that Tony got in. I think, you know, we talk a lot about players that were there from the 90s that would have thrived in today's era. And Tony Kukoc is one of those players to me, you know. Uh, Great shooter, good size, who could handle the ball. You know, when he played on those um, Yugoslavian and Croatian national teams, he uh, he really, you know, showcased his skill. And the, those teams back then scared even the U.S. So, uh, yeah, he, he was a great player, well-deserved, and obviously was a very important piece for the second three-peat for the Bulls back in the, in the mid to late 90s. Uh, Alex, who did you uh, – what were your kind of takeaways from this Hall of Fame class? Um, Weber was was the big one for me because mm -hmm. we talk, talked about it for so long that you know whether he should be in or should be out. So that was an interesting one for me. Um, Kukoc as as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I first started watching basketball, obviously height of the height of, height of that Bulls team, and um, you know shooters are gonna are gonna thrive in any era. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a given for. For somebody like that, it's going to manage in the, in the modern game. You know, I don't think it's plenty of, plenty of players that, that wouldn't manage. I think, but you know, I say somebody somebody of that style is is going to manage fine. Uh, before I uh, talk about the uh, the the Hall of Fame, I just want to give a shout out to um, uh, for, the, for the WNBA. Um, there was a the Portuguese. Uh, he was she was the first. Uh, Portuguese to go into North America to play basketball. She just made the top 25. Uh, the WNBA, they made, uh, they're 25 years now, and they made that list of 25 best players in history. And uh, the Portuguese Tisha Panichet is there. Uh, she played in Sacramento and I think somewhere, somewhere else. Uh, I didn't follow, I was way too young to follow it uh, in the night, but she's in the Hall of Fame as well. She's uh, in that list. Just that shout out to the Portuguese representation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Getting out of the way. Um, I didn't, I, sorry, I was just going to say that. Do you know that? Do you know who the 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 most the two most recent Knicks that have been inducted in the Hall of Famer? Ex ex Knicks. Who are they? So I've just dropped. I've just dropped. Just dropped to the Sony, but <laughs> <laughs> me and Omar looking like what? Who? <laughs> this is a. This is I mean, two Patrick years ago. has to be one of them, right? 
No, I'm saying the, the, the two latest ones. So two, oh. two years ago, there was... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to butcher these names, but uh, Carol <laughs> Bra- uh, Braun, who was uh, from the 50s and 60s, and okay. Paul Paul Westfall. Oh, Westfall, yeah, he, he passed away, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, from the early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was two years ago. Yeah, great. Totally, great. totally passing, man. I like how they uh, get people in the, NBA, the the Hall of Fame and everything after they die. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, yeah. People, yeah, they really they really enjoy the moment. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then the, the Hall of Fame, it's a, sometimes it's a, um, I mean, it's a tricky notion for me because why do you get in? Because you're a great player, because you uh, you influence the game in some way. Uh, I mean, I get Tony, Tony Kukoc getting, he, uh, and Bill Russell, obviously, you know, um, guys that influenced the game. Tony Kukoc, he was like, what, one of the first Europeans to... Well, win titles or uh, be a great player in the NBA. He influenced the the, the Europe. I, I get that. Uh, Paul Pierce was a Celtics great. Ben Wallace, man, my first NBA game was NBA Live. It was with Carmelo in the the cover in in Denver. So I, I they always win the title and beat me. Chris Webber, obviously, but man, Chris Bosh, I don't know what <laughs> what. What did he he want? Okay, he won two titles. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I mean, he he's he, in uh in the Raptors. He was uh, yeah fighting for the for the playoffs after LeBron left the Heat. They were done. Wade was older and he couldn't do anything. But yeah, it's more maybe basically it's more because he uh, suffered the, the blood clot right in the. Or something like yeah, I, it was this, and now it's his prize. Yeah. I get he was a he was a good player, but okay, he's kind of like one of gets... those hall of very good players, right? Like, <laughs> like you know, it's it's like a player who yeah. was, he was pretty solid. You know, he made all star teams and he scored twenty points a game or whatever. Yeah. But I think like when you talk about this hall of fame in particular, you got to account for what they did all overall. And then even when you take into the college, like he didn't have a great college career. He did okay at Georgia Tech. You know, and I don't correct if I'm wrong, guys. I mean, did he ever was he ever on the U.S. national team? I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe he was. Yeah, I might yeah. maybe wrong on that. But it's, what what about, what about um, surely in Hall of Fame you've got to be at least a little bit likable. I'm just I'm just trying trying for a reason to get Paul Pierce out of there. But <laughs> yeah, just. But, but you can you can get I get Paul Pierce okay Paul Pierce is a uh, he was known as an idiot most of the times but man when you look at uh, 2008 2009 that Celtics team that Lakers team that rivalry it, it was Paul Pierce there he he was getting it uh, done and and Ben Wallace he, he was loved in Detroit but everybody else uh, didn't like him that much because. He was yeah. destroying. He was destroying that, that's everybody. Oh, yeah, I'm just. I mean, it's just. It's just purely. But I get you. But I get likability. Likability. Yeah, but I think that's the problem when you get you know, when you have to have when you have to have players every year working into the Hall of Fame. Okay, we're running out of players. I mean. Maybe put uh, get the Hall of Fame a bit more. Uh, the weird thing is, is that that you have that weed weird era of like after Jordan retired to before LeBron became prominent, but there was a, like a lot of mediocre basketball, you know, outside of mm. Shaq and Kobe. 
And yeah. you've got to wonder, like, are these going to be guys that eventually go into the Hall of Fame? And the weird thing about it, too, is like in baseball, the Hall of Fame is so hard to get into. But in basketball, it seems like a lot easier. So it's kind of uh, interesting that, so you think that it's like, like they've got to have somebody from every year or sort of thing, no matter, no matter yeah, when, whether they, they're good enough yeah, they, or not. They just continue to say, well, we got to let somebody in, you know, and, and yeah. again, because it's basketball so wide ranging, it's really a global sport, you know, much, uh, exactly. much like how football and now baseball is kind of becoming that way too. But you, where you account for, again, like a guy like Tony Kukoc, you account for what he did overseas in addition mm. to yeah. what he did in yeah. the NBA. Because if you were only looking yeah. at his, his Chicago years, like it looks like a role player on a, on a really good team, you know, and yeah. Those guys don't get into the Hall of Fame, you know. So yeah, that's uh, interesting. That's it. Yeah, but that's it. Their players influence the game. I um, we talked about bringing this to the the podcast, and uh, like thirty minutes later, there was some someone on Twitter talking about how Derrick Rose is a sure Hall of Famer. Hmm? And and somebody I was reading, I was reading through it, thinking, yeah, Rose was an MVP, youngest MVP, but then he got it, he got hurt. And he was uh, around the league. But someone told, okay, but he's uh, the perfect example of how someone can uh, strive uh, over um, uh, psychological uh, illnesses, or depression, anything. Yeah. He came, yeah. okay, so that one I get, but it's uh, it opens like, it's, it's hard. I mean, he was a great kind basketball of player. Yeah, kind of sentimental almost. Like the, yeah, yeah. And I love Rose, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate Chris Bosch, uh, just saying. Chris Bosch Bosch got Olympic gold in 2008. There you go. Quick quick Google. Ah, there it is. He He deserves it. Yes. (laughs) They would never have won the gold without him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, the Hall of Fame is just so weird, you know, and it's like with Rose that you mentioned, Raphael, you know, he did have a pretty uh, notable college career in his one year at Memphis, you know, mm. and, you know, got to the national championship game where he eventually lost to uh, Miami Heat legend Mario Chalmers and the Kansas Jayhawks. I remember that game. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and it's just so weird, right? You know, it's like, like, then you got somebody like Weber, you know, you, that you mentioned, Alex, is like, who, who he, he kind of underperformed in the NBA considering where he was drafted. Right. But yeah, he was iconic in college. Like that fab yeah. five Michigan team was you know, with him and Jalen Rose and, and all those guys, they, they were, they kind of revolutionized college basketball. So, I mean, on the merit of that almost alone and his years in Sacramento, you had, you got to yeah. put him in. And that's, that's what makes it so hard. It's like, especially now in this one and done era in college, you know, how do you quantify somebody's college impact? You know, like mm. you take somebody like uh, Kyrie Irving's perfect example. You know, mm. he went to Duke but played there eight games. You know, so his college career is nothing. So you're basically basing his whole Hall of Fame merit on what he did in the league. You know, and and that that becomes you know an interesting kind of conversation. I think when you're when you're talking about potential Hall of Famers down the road. Yeah, and and, and with Irving, yeah, I, I love Kyrie Irving, but. He's um he did yeah win the title when LeBron turned up so 
Um, he had a That's going to be a fascinating he, discussion when he's up for, uh, for the Hall. Yeah, he had, had a lot of mediocre years when he was on his own. So um, he did not raise the, you know, the, you know when LeBron was at first in Cleveland, you know, he brought that rotten team up from nothing, you know, to actually compete. Whereas Irving didn't, you know, they were rock bottom, um, even with him. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that will be an interesting one when the time comes. So. How can you say if you uh, get a guy like Chris Bosh in, uh, again, it's not knocking on him, but <laughs> how can you say uh, no to Irving, to Lillard, to mm. everybody? That's a great, that's a star now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Everybody will be a star because now every every team plays everywhere. And uh, in the 90s, it was the Bulls and the yeah. Bulls and the Bulls. So, yeah, everybody knew Michael Jordan and the, the Bulls team. It's basically what they knew. So uh, this now everybody can, every player can get everywhere. So it, they, they all influence the game in some way. I mean, Make movies as well. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe the flat earthers will uh, induct uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So let's. So we mentioned Derrick Rose a little bit. Is there anyone else on this current Knicks team that you guys see as having a Hall of Fame trajectory right now? RJ Barrett. No. <laughs> I mean, I will. I will fight people that that is accurate. So, yes, <laughs> he's turning into a superstar. You just wait. You know, I'm, I'm gonna beat that drum until it happens. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 so it's so early, isn't it? And so yeah, many they're also young. The, yeah, um, yeah. I would I would say no, uh, unless you're counting Rose. But um, yeah, I mean, get, uh, unless like, we, Julius if, if this podcast titles, is right? still, <laughs> if, if this podcast is still going in two years, maybe ask me that. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Wait can we approach? Can we talk about coaches because? Tibbs should be in, right? Yeah, exactly. Why? Mm. Why not Tibbs? Yeah, I mean, if mm. especially if they, like I said, I think even if the Knicks make a NBA Finals, not win the whole thing, just make it to the finals, right? Under yeah. Tibbs, mm -hmm. in addition to what he did in Chicago, mm -hmm. um, I think he, you know, you got to consider it, right? And then he nope. was on all those staffs with great defenses as kind of like the defensive guru and all that. So, yeah, I feel yeah. like uh, he, the he Celtics. He's got the ring, yeah. Yeah, he's got the look, yeah. He was a part of that staff with Doc Rivers. That's true. Yeah, look at us talking about the Knicks with uh, Tom Thibodeau going to the NBA Finals. <laughs> look, we are optimists here on this podcast, Rafa. Okay, so yeah, I know, I know, I know. RJ Barrett's going to the Hall of Fame, and the Knicks are going to the to the exactly. finals. You, so you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's uh, that's what's happening. Um, but let's uh, let, you know, let's talk a little bit more about this uh, this Knicks team from last year. So. Uh, like we mentioned on the first episode, you know, we all met through a Knicks group chat, and we'll get into that in a minute, but we we'll kind of want to reflect a little bit about the year that was. And, you know, I kind of, I guess I want to start off by saying this. The last year was so refreshing for me. You know, I've been following the team since like the mid nineties, actually like the moment that I became a fan of the Knicks kind of funny. I don't think I mentioned it on the first episode. Uh, if you guys remember when the whole OJ Simpson thing was going on, when the Knicks were in the finals against the Rockets and American television kept on switching to the OJ car chase and in the corner. yeah. yeah. And the, hmm. so like, obviously my mom was like interested in this topic. 
You know, so I'm like, oh, it's just a basketball game. Oh, this Patrick Ewing guy seems pretty cool. You know, and I was just getting into basketball. <laughs> and from there on, you know, I really got into the Knicks, you know, and um, and it makes me wish I would have been you know, old enough to know to have watched Patrick's prime, you know, in like in the early 90s and, and 80s, and late 80s. But but yeah, so and I'm just like think about all the years. It's like this team just wasn't very fun to watch, like even when they went to the playoffs with Carmelo and and Amari and all that like that. It just wasn't the same feeling. But this team was like, I don't know, maybe it's like one of those things where I just like rooting for an underdog type thing. But, you know, they were like projected to win like 20-something games. And this team just like squeezed every ounce of good that they could to to end up being the 4C in the East. Like, yeah, you know, we lost in the first round, but we were supposed to be a lottery team. You know, and to me, that just made it so fun, like seeing like this team be together and just like enjoy playing with one another. And then you compare that to like the whole Carmelo, Jeremy Lin thing, right? Where there was like a, you know, the impression that, that they hated each other or at least Carmelo hated Jeremy Lin, you know, and and this like you, there was no egos like, you know, your your head was Julius Randle, but he would like defer the RJ and quickly and even Bullock at times, and, you know, you, it was just so fun. And they, you know, they played defense, and, you know, they weren't very good offensively, especially at the beginning of the year. And it just, uh, I don't know, it was just such a fun season. To me, it's, you know, uh, Jonathan Macri from Nick's Film School podcast, who, you know, I listen to that pod all the time. He said something in one of his post-game live streams. He said, it was, like, towards the end of the year when we were trying to secure our playoff spot. And he was just like, savor this. Because even even if you make the playoffs in the future, not, there aren't many years like this, you know, where you just you come out of nowhere and you just become so good. And so you're just so fun to watch. And you're just watching them grow and all that. And it's just fun. Right. It's, it's not like if you're a Nets fan. Right. If you're one of the five <laughs> Nets fans out there. Uh just kidding, but <laughs> not really. Uh, six. Six. At least fans, six. Yeah. But it's like you have the championship <laughs> expectation. So everything, every game is just like whatever, just get me to the playoffs, right? Whereas with us, like every regular season game mattered, you know? And I just, yeah, I, I when I think back of the 2021 season, that's what I'm going to remember. Like when every game mattered and Julius goes crazy for like 44 against the Hawks or, RJ just has a crazy game or quickly hits like five threes and, you know, every bit was needed, you know, to, for them to win these games. So for me, that's, that's, I guess that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, th- I think Tibbs, I mean, we, we talked about Tibbs last, last podcast, but Tibbs kind of energy and just enthusiasm was just infectious, you know, and you saw guys completely buying in um, the whole, together thing it was it was not it was not false you know it felt really real and and I think um I think everything that's gone on with COVID as well played a huge part to that you know with fans coming back to the arenas and the huge build-up from the fact that you know people hadn't been to games for so long and you know there was just they actually had a team to to cheer for for a change and yeah just everything kind of perfect storm I think came, came together and yeah it was amazing you know just to see playoff basketball again. I mean, even uh, look at the couple of years we had. We were so many of us were at home. Like uh, we had mm-hmm. to be at home. 
Um, and we needed distractions. We needed something. And these Knicks, who would have thought we were, we, we, when did the season stop? The, the January in 2010? It was uh, God, March, if I'm not mistaken. March, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. didn't have Knicks basketball since March. We didn't go to the, the those, uh, at Disney or nothing. We didn't have anything. Uh, we got in the group chat during that period and man, well, we were at home. Most of us were, we had to work at home or anything like this and getting this, we were together and getting this, this Knicks uh, winning. We, we had nothing to do. So we invested in it and it continued. It, it grew, it grew. And it was um, for maybe, I believe that most, um, for many people, it might be the, the, the best period they had. I'm stuck at home. I had my, uh, my wife here to, to, to hang, to be here, but people were alone, maybe watching the next, next win. Yes, cool. And uh, it was all that vibe. The city of New York, I, I, from the news, suffered a lot with COVID as well. So having the Knicks, the, the real um, New York team uh, <laughs> win is, uh, and it lifted the city a bit. I, 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 tell, I think, uh, or I wish I, they did, because uh, it, it, it still is a rough time. And uh, the team and the, everything that happened with the team, that, and the way we saw the, the players, young players getting together, we saw every bucket there. They were fighting. They were uh, dancing to go New York, go. And, I mean, it's and yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, it was one of the Look, most enjoyable seasons I, I had with the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can you can you can you imagine being locked down twenty four hours a day? Uh, and having to watch Fizdale's next. Oh my God! Do you know this is not a horror <laughs> podcast, Alex? Let's not, let's not go. Oh. I just, but I kind of want to bring something up. You mentioned Alex, which is like just to see the Garden, even though with a limited capacity in the regular season, cheering on like a winner, you know, and like for years, you know, you would see like, like because I always say that New York basketball fans are some of the smartest basketball fans in the country and in the world because like we were kind of like we're appreciative of the game because basketball is so important in the culture of New York City and you know like so when James Harden would come to the garden and drop 50 or Steph Curry would come to the garden and drop 55 on some sorry ass Knicks team you know you would just kind of be in a way like yeah you're mad that's happening against your team but you also appreciate the greatness of a great score right and it was great to be able to appreciate just the magnificence of somebody like Julius Randle when he's wearing orange and blue, you know, and that was awesome. And, and Rafi made a great point about the, uh, about COVID. Um, everybody's been, you know, New York was hit hard, but everybody's been hit hard, man. I, I know Alex, you guys have had multiple lockdowns now in Scotland and, you know, in Portugal, you, know, you guys are also, you know, dealing with COVID, the second lockdown. So, you know, over here, we've had a lot of situations in the Midwest as well. So, you know, everybody's been affected. It was just, like you said, Rafa, a great thing to just rally behind and take your mind off just like the shit show of a year, you know, that we came out of in 2020. I mean, here we uh, obviously uh, we follow, uh, I follow, at least I follow football as well, soccer. Uh, and my team, terrible terrible this since covid began they stunk the place so yeah okay they're not winning uh, i mean they went on a 12 game not uh, without winning a game so uh, yeah fun to watch and 
the Knicks were the team that, okay, I, I could stay up late because I didn't have to go to work because uh, I work uh, is closed. So, yeah, why not stay up late watching the Knicks win for once? I mean, I'm, I was tired of staying up late to watch the Knicks lose by 30. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> So guess those uh, Emmanuel Moody minutes, man. You know, the, the, their pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick call out too. Um, Alex mentioned this earlier uh, before we we started recording. Uh, how much better the Knicks social media team was uh, this year? You know, they were like they were putting together videos and they really embraced that that underdog mentality. Uh, you know, we mentioned Michael K. Williams at the beginning of the podcast. He actually did a voiceover for uh, kind of like a hype video. Uh, I think it was for going into the playoffs. And, you know, they, they you know, you started using terms like Big 15 and the whole we here thing. And, you know, it's uh, it was nice, you know. And I think, again, when you talk about New York basketball and New York City culture, I th- I always felt like they gravitate more to – a team like that as opposed to like a super team, right? Because like we respect, you know, playing defense and grinding it out. The great teams of the nineties, you know, with Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason were, were like that, you know, that's how they were built. You know, it it wasn't, Oh yeah, we have three all-stars or two all-stars. And whatever. It's like, you had a guy like John Starks was bagging groceries and then, you know, was turned into like a starting NBA shooting guard on a playoff team, you know, and, yeah, I, I just feel like Knicks fans especially respect that, you know, and it's just, you know, you respect the hustle, you respect the grind. And uh, this team just kind of brought that back. But I do want to talk about, you know, Rafa, you've mentioned the group chat a couple of times, how that happened. So <laughs> uh, mutual friend of the pod, uh, Fraz, is a great guy. And, you know, I was following him on Twitter for a while and, he um, he had tweeted. He's like, "Oh, I'm thinking about." He was really diving into Nick's Twitter, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I really am thinking about uh, starting a Nick's group chat with you know people based in the UK." And I like I replied to him. I was like, "All right, but I don't live in the UK. Let me get in on this group chat." You know, he's like, "Oh yeah, of course, no problem." So you know, he added me in, and he added a bunch of other people in. And what this did is like when so a lot of times last year the Knicks would have they play one one night. And then they're off the next and they play the night after, you know, that, that was like the schedule cadence a lot of the time. And so during the game, we're just texting each other, messaging each other about the game, you know, and it's like, it's like super reactionary. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe Obi missed that shot. And then like, Oh, and then Julius Randle hit three in a row. This is the greatest guy ever. You know, it's, it's uh, like ups and downs. I, th- and- I think the player that we mentioned the most was uh, the former number six. Yeah. Let's uh, maybe. Leave yeah, that one alone. <laughs> he who shall not be named. But and you know, and then like during off nights, we would just talk about the team. You know, we would talk about this player and that player, and even contemplating, you know, what could happen in the playoffs or what kind of player we're going to target in the offseason. It was just like this constant Knicks discussion that was just so nice for me, especially just I don't really know too many other Nick fans that I communicate with on daily. So just having that connection just made the season even more uh, special to me. Yeah. For sure, yeah. It's <clears throat> just kind of bringing it all together, you know. It was um, um, the, you know, I've been in group chats before, 
even basketball wins. But yeah, it's just great to have all, all, all the Knicks fans. And this is kind of where this podcast came from was, you know, there were so many different voices from different parts of the world. And, um, that's kind of where the idea came from. And yeah, we've got, got I guess, Fraz to, Fraz to thank for that. So maybe eventually we'll get him on. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, a few other people um, from the chat desperate to come on. So um, yeah, no, it's been great, you know. And um, as Rafa mentioned, you know, just especially over the last year with the way things were, it's just great to have that that kind of place to, to vent, that place to, you know, to laugh, you know, and just have a great time on, you know, and talk about how great the team was, you know, and how surprising it was. And we had so much to talk about, you know. So. It just went from strength to strength. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I mentioned to you guys in the group chat that uh, I basically watched uh, the NBA alone. I have a, it's, we're not, it's not a, there's no, there's no group on Twitter or anything that, that I've seen at least, but um, about the Knicks, uh, about Knicks fans, the Knicks fans or uh, NBA fans. There are a couple of NBA fans. I don't think I ever found another Knicks fan. Uh, so I, I had a couple of a uh, couple of guys in work uh, from work that watch NBA as well. But one is a Celtics fan, the other is a Rockets fan, and uh, the other is a Westbrook fan. Wherever he goes, he's a he's a he's with the team. But I mean, we talked about, but not in this level. Man. Um, I got onto on Twitter because I was uh, bored, COVID. I got on Twitter. I found. Uh, Next Twitter, I, th- I started seeing things, started following people, starting following Fraz. Uh, he talked about the group being UK based, and uh, I, I I messaged him, said, "Hey, I'm not from the UK. Can I get in? I know English well, okay." Um, <laughs> and he invited him. No, oh, sure, the more the merrier, and everything. And met you guys. Uh, I think you were all there um, already. I was a uh, yeah. I was like, uh, "Okay, welcome to the family." Now let's talk mix. And I, I learned a lot from you guys as well. got different perspectives and it made the season much more enjoyable. Uh, what, okay, in the night, at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., talking on uh, WhatsApp about the, the, the game because it's, it's late night. My wife is in bed, so I can't uh, rage like I, sometimes I want to. And then the, 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 this in the, on WhatsApp, I could uh, angry type uh, stuff or uh, cheer loudly into WhatsApp group. Yeah. So it made this season totally enjoyable. Uh, I mentioned before the best season as a, a Knicks fan to with you guys and the, the team playing well. Yeah. yeah and, and don't, uh, don't, don't forget the uh, watch parties as well. They were yeah. There. yeah. I wanted exactly. to talk about that. You know, it's <laughs> like we would, when there was like, uh, like early afternoon games here in the States, which, you know, ended up being like evening games, like 8 p.m. Uh, UK time and Portugal time. And, uh, and so we would all get on Zoom and we'd all be watching. The funny thing about it is in this world of, of streaming devices, everybody's feed was different. Everybody's live stream was different. So <laughs> I think I had like the absolute slowest one. So what would happen is it- like Rafa or somebody would, would jump who's in New York City watching it live on MSG. He's like, yes. And then, you know, I'm like, what happened? And I got to wait like 20 seconds, you know, isn't but it was it was cool. Isn't that weird, to, though? Yeah. Isn't that weird? You're the one from the States. You're closer, but you're watching it. I don't know. This, this is so crazy. 
Yeah, yeah it's weird. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was cool. And like, you know, I'm like a technology nerd. So like for me, it's like just the idea of like on these calls, like we would have people who were like outside of the group chat, too. So yeah, yeah. like we would have people who are stateside here in the U.S. We would have people in England and uh, in, in Scotland and Portugal and some somebody in Germany, you know, and it, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like all these people you know just being brought together over over like a basketball team which is which is crazy because it's like you know you have like those people who like just aren't into sports and they'll just be like it's like oh why why do you care so much and you know and i could honestly say like all the guys in the group chat you know you guys all became like really good friends of mine like i got a new job and who did i tell first i told the group chat you know (laughs) it's just kind (laughs) of crazy you know and that's what's so funny about like we had the mutual common interest and then you know it just kind of snowballed from there and you know a lot of times like you know like like rafa you you and i both have like talked about non-basketball related stuff you know personal life stuff on on the group chat and you know other other guys have done that as well and uh, it's just kind of cool because it took away from the toxicity that can be nick's twitter you know? No, you know, no. I mean, so. <laughs> no. Why you yeah. say that? Yeah, it can, be a, it can be a cruel place, a dark and cruel place. <laughs> That's the internet in general, I guess. Well, it's true. That's true, true, that man, very but, true. <laughs> but, but yeah, even the group chat, we're we're, we're all different. Uh, even though we're they're mainly from the from the UK, but everybody's everybody's different, uh, different upbringing, different. Uh, cr- um cultures i mean we but we try to get along we're all basically grown men so yeah we mm. just talking sports but when we can it's kind of like we mentioned this before uh when the the with the season normally it was after the the big wins the, those emotional wins everybody started i love oh, this yeah. group chat yes thank you <laughs> thanks to all of you <laughs> That would happen it's... like to, uh, in in the back run, like as the wind started piling up. That happened multiple times a week. You know? <laughs> like it was like, oh my god, I love you guys. You know, so it'd be it's like you know, we'd, we'd be drinking and, and while watching the game. So that didn't help, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what made the season so special, I think, yeah. as well. You know, because we had that that camaraderie going. It's almost like you know, you're just going to the pub to to hang out with. Um, uh with your uh with your friends right and it's the same vibe but just you know obviously digital and uh it it was just it's just great to even think about that you know where like i'm telling my friends like oh why is your phone going off like oh yeah that's uh that's my group chat you know and then you tell you talk about like oh wow that's kind of cool you know (laughs) so i mean uh this week uh sorry um but this week there's a uh, I don't I'm not gonna say his name as I, I, I didn't I don't know if he wants to be known as well or not. But someone who was in the group chat and uh, left um, he met me in the in the museum. Oh. He came to he's in Portugal with oh you're here uh, and he forgot I was from here but we we met yeah in person so it's uh, it can happen yeah maybe uh, it's harder for us to go to Detroit but <laughs> it's a bit expensive <laughs> but yeah I mean. Um, England and Scotland, Portugal, Germany, Europe—it's closer. It's it's possible to meet in the guys from from England. Just drive or from Scotland, you can drive down, or they can drive up, and you can guys can meet. It's uh, it's amazing. One thing I want to bring up, and this is more for you guys, obviously. You know, since you know here in Detroit, we're on the Eastern Time Zone, same as New York City. 
is the time difference. Like you guys would have like on a good day when they would tip at 7:30. I mean, that's a 12:30 a.m. tip, you know, and you know, basketball games last a few hours. So, you know, you're you're staying up and until 3:30, 4 o'clock in the morning if it goes to overtime. Uh, some nights and like we have one person in the group who like watched every single game even when they're on west coast trips which is even crazier because it's like it's a 10 30 yeah. start time you know which is like three o'clock in the morning start time in in europe so uh you know you guys uh you guys talk about that a little bit as to why that was like well how you were able to do it for one and what that's like i guess yeah i mean i could have maybe given that an attempt when I was a little bit younger, but um, with uh, a crazy job and uh, two, two, two young kids, it's just, just not possible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could, the Friday night games and Saturday night games, yeah, I could stay up and watch those. Um, hopefully always the, the kind of earlier games, sometimes on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, during the week games, my, my, gen, my usual kind of routine would be to watch the um, condensed game in the morning, and uh, we've talked about this, Rafa. But you yeah. know, if it's a close, if it's a close game towards, you know, maybe watch switch to the live feed for the last few minutes. But always dodge the score. I, I can't, I can't physically go to work dodging the score, even though nobody, nobody at work um, um, has any kind of interest in basketball or the next I still can't do it just <laughs> I've, I've just got this mental block that I need to yeah. I need to know how the game went so um also dodging the 3,000 messages in the group chat so yeah <laughs> but the um but yeah no it's it's is what it is you know um you know amazing league pass is just the, the greatest thing I was talking to somebody about this the other day that yeah you know, the, the league pass sounds like a lot of money at the base of it, but if you're thinking about you watching, you know, 82 games and you've got access to, to every other team, you've got access to the playoffs, you get the value for money is just if you if you're at the level of obsession that you know kind of we all are, then then it's it's such good value for money. You know, I would pay it all day every yeah. day. You know? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the the league pass for me was a godsend because. Uh, as I mean, as uh, Omar, you mentioned that uh, the, the games when they're in the West Coast, man, I know 3 a.m. starts. No, no, thank you. I, I can't. I have to get up <laughs> in the morning. No, I can't. And I basically watch the condensated games or the highlights as soon as I wake up. If the if the game was a win, I okay, I'm watching it now. If it was a loss, I can I can I can hold it for a little bit longer. For many many years, was it was like that. Um, the team's the team wasn't that good. We sucked a lot, so I was thinking, hmm, the game starts at one a.m. I will stay up, but I will stay up a bit, and then okay, I'm done. I, I can't. I it's way too early in the morning, and I watched the highlights for the rest of the of the for the the next day. But with League Pass, I can watch the game the next day. So it's uh, even if I can't stay uh, with the West Coast game, I uh, watch the game the next day or uh, whenever I can. Uh, I I uh, watched games a week after they happened because I had, didn't have the time to watch them, so I went and watched them. So it's and yeah, the league pass. It's uh, we can watch every game, for every I I had the option to every team, every game. I watched the playoffs, the finals. I watched them in in, uh, in the league pass. 
it makes it a lot of, a lot easier. Uh, obviously, now I'm in a situation I can spend money on it. Maybe when I was younger, I I, I didn't spend the money on it because I watched live streams. Uh, they sucked most of the times. But uh, yeah, was, uh, I think it was during our first Zoom call that I actually purchased the League Pass because my stream was always yeah, dying. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. That. I was like f- 40 or 50 seconds behind. I screw this, man. I'm getting League Pass. <laughs> Did, did they it. used to just did they used to just piggyback on the back of um, the like MSG feed? Like, were you did you have commentators from the US or did you have local commentators? Or I mean, the local comment the Knicks sucked, so yeah. and uh, they didn't pass Knicks games here. Basically, okay. there's a TV a TV station that passes NBA games. Now they pass more, and they started passing Knicks when we started winning, but. I was looking, okay, I'll get, uh, mainly watch the NBA. Uh, so, okay, I'll pay 15 or 16 of what I'm paying for uh, every game of the NBA. Or I'll, or I'll pay 35 for some games of the NBA with Portuguese. You know, okay, I'm, I'm cool with English. So that way I can listen to whoever I want to, Clyde or every, or from MSG Network or anybody. It's, I don't know. It makes it more um, authentic to me. I don't know if it makes sense, but me listening to the, the well, Mike Breen, the bangs and everything, if I'm experiencing that in, in the Portuguese commentators, I lose that. I, I don't know what it, what that is, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I would just get mad whenever the Knicks had a national TV game. I didn't get to hear Breen and Clyde. <laughs> I had to watch it on ESPN, and I was just like, "Oh God, who, who I got here?" Hey, Even if it's somebody great like Doris Burke, I'm like, "But it's not the same." You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like hearing like Clyde rhyming and then Breen saying "bang" or whatever. And it's just like it courses through my veins, man. It's just it's just so great. Uh, but that's that's part of the experience too, right? It's just the, yeah. those commentators. And another uh, another Hall of Fame inductee. Last was it last year, wasn't it? Breen? Yeah, yeah. Breen got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Peter Brock, well deserved. I mean, he's he's been in the top yeah, of his profession yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, he's, go, he's amazing. Go back to the um couple of guys that I used to watch games with. Um, not not Knicks fans, but used to watch games on, on League Pass. But the uh, we always used to go on about how, uh, especially football or, or soccer commentators and especially pundits in, in the studio and things were just dreadful compared to like what you get in certainly in American sports in general just the fact of how informed they are and how they're bringing in statistics and just really interesting kind of guests you, you may think that some of these people that you were saying on ESPN are, are not any good but compare it to what we've got in, in football is just night and day <laughs> Just yeah, some awful. of them, some of them Just are uh, trash. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. I will say um, this, by the way, guys. Uh, this is an international podcast. We call it football, not soccer. Okay, that's okay. coming from an American. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I, but, yeah. But, so but, one of the Brazil, things that, Brazil calls it soccer as well. So oh, do they? I know, didn't know that. Didn't yeah. Know that. So what's up with that? <laughs> that's weird. Um, but. One of the things that I'm always so fascinated about with you guys and all the other guys in the group chat that would also watch the condensed games or stay late, whichever one. Like, I know people who are fans of teams, like when their team's on national TV and they won't watch, you know? Like, I have a friend who's a Mavericks fan who lives here in Detroit. And 
I was like, hey, Mavs playing the Clippers on the ESPN tonight. You watching? He's like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm just like, are you recording it? Saying, like, yeah, probably not. And I'm just like, you have this exciting player in Luka Doncic, and your team's like a playoff team, and you're on national TV. You know, this is one of the few chances you have to watch it because he doesn't have league pass, uh, and you're just not going to do it. And it, and then mm-hmm. on the flip side, we got guys in this group chat <laughs> losing sleep or waking up and catching a condensed game, even if you already know the outcome. You know, and it's it's a testament to just like the dedication, right? And that, that's something that that always fascinated about all you guys is like there are a couple times where I'd be out or something, I couldn't catch a game, so I would catch like the condensed version or I would record it on, on my app, whatever, and uh, just catch it in the morning. But, you know, for me, it's not that big of a deal because uh, it comes on at a reasonable time, you know? So I have, you know, it's not like I'm going to start complaining about, about stuff like that. So, and, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so, you know, kudos to you guys there. But another thing is, you know, outside of our group chat, we are talking about a team that, probably no one we know directly is a fan of, right? Like, you know, me living here in Detroit, everybody here is a Pistons fan or, or they like, they watch the Lakers because of LeBron or something like that. So it, it's, it's kind of hard, right? You know, you're like, you like Rafa, you've mentioned this before, how you're kind of a man on an Island in a way where, where you're just like the only Knicks fan in all of Portugal, right? <laughs> or you know, one of the only people that you know in, in all of uh, in all of Scotland as well. You know, it's just it just kind of, and I think that was like a big thing. It's like there's a sense of community, but I kind of want to talk about what it's like being a fan of a team uh, where like your colleagues and friends and family members couldn't give two shits about that team. <laughs> yeah, especially especially uh, I was think I was thinking earlier about uh, Christmas Day as well, like. Christmas Day, trying to explain to my family that you know there's a game on, and I really don't want to talk to them anymore. <laughs> it's got, to, it's got to that point in mid morning when the uh, uh, Christmas Day's kind of uh, worn off. You know, <laughs> I just want to watch the game. You know, but nobody has any interest in it at all. And uh, I'm like, okay, so we get the Christmas Day games back again, of course, and and there's there's no chance I'm, I'm missing that game this year, so. Um, planning that, planning that one ahead. But yeah, no, it's uh, as I said, I've got I've got two friends I watch games with, you know, and you know, I would say they were they were, you know, pretty obsessed with um, basketball as well. But you know, no Knicks fans. I, I'd heard about other Knicks fans before we met, um, before we met Ryan. Uh, like I knew of other people in Glasgow that that were. And Scotland that are that are Knicks fans, so I just never got a chance to connect with them properly. So, the yeah, they are out there, <laughs> but yeah, I've just never really properly kind of got into the point of watching a game with them. So it's 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 hard. Like, um, I know, but there are uh, to be fair, there are uh, there's a big community of uh, NBA fans here in Portugal. I remember there are a lot of. Um, it's close by a, a mall that's with the cinema, and they actually organized the, the, the biggest room. They people could uh, just uh, come. They had to to order tickets, basically reserve tickets. And they could watch the the NBA All Star game in the cinema. So it's a, it was a different experience. I wasn't able to go, but um, it was a different experience. So there is a community, but 
I know people don't really talk about it because um, maybe Alex uh, feels the same. Okay, I'm a Knicks fan. I like I like NBA. Stay up late, but I won't talk about it that much because people won't understand that much. Because maybe here in Portugal it's a big sport, but nobody. It's a death community, but it work. Uh, I don't know. I from the, those those guys I mentioned, I'm probably the only one staying up late watching the games. The um, yeah, I was just gonna say down 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 in England, yeah. England England's got a, a kind of big following, but a lot of that's to do with you know them bringing games over to London, and same with the NFL. The NFL's yeah. always had a big big following in the UK, but um, basketball wise now as well because of bringing bringing games over to 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 London, and you know it's helping to grow the game, but. Um, there yeah. is definitely a follow. There's definitely a following up here, but just not quite the same as England. I mean, it's uh, um, for me. I always enjoyed basketball. I mentioned in the last episode. I was uh, I enjoyed basketball, uh, playing it, watching it, and well, the quality of basketball. The quality of basketball um, here with um, in Portugal is not it's not NBA level. But nowhere, nowhere in the world is NBA level. So if you like the sport, if you like uh, basketball. You, you find the NBA and you, okay, I'm going to watch it because this this is a sport I like and I want to. Uh, I remember Omar at the, the group chat, you you say, oh, I like uh, I like football. Uh, guys, recommend me teams so I can, a good teams or a good <laughs> league so I can follow. Because yeah, I, I know it's, I, well, people say it's better in Europe. I think too. I think so, but whatever. Uh, football, and you want, want to watch the games. So it's, I think it's uh, normal if you like the sport and you want to follow it. Uh, you see the best players playing, you will follow uh, even if in another country. I mean, I follow English football. I follow Spanish, Italian. I mean, why not uh, from basketball from America? Only because of the timetable. I mean, time schedule. Yeah, and that's... Yeah the the great thing about it is just like you these there's like this globalization of these games and the nba in particular has done a really good job you know in europe uh the nfl with all their games at wembley like you mentioned alex uh, you know they've kind of really tried to attract the uk into uh, like a lot of like friends of mine have a conspiracy theory that eventually they're gonna relocate a franchise to london Uh, so that's like a thought that's in in the minds of a lot of uh, American football fans. But if it's so hard for teams to play from Canada, how can it yeah, happen I, from I, Europe? Personally, I, mean, I would think you do Toronto and Mexico City before you do London. You know, but I, I thought I I mean I, I I know next to nothing about about American football, but um, I thought it was pretty much already agreed that that's. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's what they want. It's just you got to get all the owners to sign off. And, you know, the big rumor is that the team in Jacksonville, Florida, the Jaguars, mm. would uh, yeah. would relocate because whenever there's a London game, it's always them. You know, <laughs> so you got to get used to And, you know, they just drafted a player who's, uh, you know, really, really highly regarded. And so that could be like the the spin. Like, hey, check out this generational talent. You know, it's supposed to be amazing. And you know, to to go ahead and support this new team, how uh, how can they how can that even work? I mean, I mean, time to, difference got to be rough, right? Yeah, and to, to players to travel. I mean, they play. Uh, I don't NFL for me. It's yeah, it's a, it's all a blur. Um, but how they, they play what two in two days or every week? I don't know once how a they, week. They yeah, do. they play once a week. Okay. 
Yeah, once a week. It's not like you're traveling. Okay, if you travel from the West Coast to the East Coast, it's a lot of time as well, but it's across an entire ocean. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you I mean, travel here, play a game, and LA go back. Team. Imagine being an LA team having to travel for a road game in London. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, just sounds horrific. Yeah, so. yeah it's a, I, 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 like the, I like the idea of attracting the European uh, fans, mm-hmm. but maybe you can attract European fans by making the games earlier right right i um, mean i know for you for you guys might be rough uh, during the maybe, maybe on the weekends you can try and put games earlier mm-hmm. people from europe can actually watch a game or two yeah so the way the nfl schedule works is that you have games at 1 p.m eastern so it's at six o'clock your guys time and then you have the four o'clock games and then you have the one night game on sundays all this happens on one okay. day a week but um, enough about the NFL. <laughs> um, I kind of want to, you mentioned something, uh, Rafa, that I kind of wanted to just kind of offshoot topic about real quick. So you mentioned about how, uh, you know, you have people go watch the all-star game at a cinema or something. And mm-hmm. like, where are you guys at with watching all-star weekend? You know, it, it's, it's for me, like when I was a kid, I loved it. Right. Like three point shootout and dunk contest and stuff. It was so cool. But now, like, because I watch, like, yeah, I'm, like, really committed to watching a lot of basketball. I'm just, like, it doesn't even interest me. Like, I didn't watch any of it last year or the, or the year before or anything. So, I mean, where are you guys at with, uh, with that? I've always kind of wondered other people's um, take on the All-Star weekend. Well, the Alex, yeah. You're muted. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I had a change over from my headphones. Uh, no, I'm the, I'm the same as you, uh, Omar. The, uh, I haven't watched it for a good good couple of years, and it's just not interested in it anymore. It's it, it's a time of the year where maybe just take a little break from um, watching basketball. But I mean, I was a, I was obviously interested this year with with Julius, but um, I'll maybe catch the highlights of the dunk contest if it's said to be a good one, you know, but. Like the ones with uh, Levine and and um, his name's gone. Um, I don't remember who. Who's uh, who's the guy? The ex Magic guy is now in Denver. Gordon, Aaron Gordon. Gordon, oh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, Gordon, yeah. Gordon. The Gordon and Levine ones were, were a good watch, you know. So I caught up with the highlights of those, but yeah, the actual game itself. I mean, from what yeah. from what I read, it's been compared to the last couple of years when they changed the rules and things, but. They've tried to make it a little bit more competitive, but and it was a bit interesting about how they changed the you know was it the the score you know it was it was first to score mm. rather than just a time limit and things like that. So I mean they are trying things to try and make it a bit more. Maybe maybe the ratings have gone down a bit, but um, yeah, it's just it's just it's it's a little bit of a farce. I think sometimes where it's just like a, a you know. There's, there's no 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 defense at all, and it's just uh, laying each other up for for dunks and stuff. And yeah, yeah it's, it's not really for me. Yeah, and like, if there's no competition in it, then I'm just not really interested. You know. It, yeah, I lost interest in a bit of in the actual game it, it itself. Yeah, I lost a bit of interest because it's yeah they're trying to show off three pointers and uh, dunks and yeah, but uh, from. Uh, from everything, I, I try to watch the if the players are. Uh, I think I, oh, these players are nice. I can try to watch the dunk contest. 
but as, as stars tend to run from the dunk contest, uh, people lose interest as well, I think. Uh, and I did. Uh, how, how for, how, for how long did people try to get LeBron in the dunk contest? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What the first dunk contest you remember, uh, or I do, is the Vince Carter one. Hmm. The star putting on the, on the show. I mean, it was different. Man. Now the, some, the, the Zach Levine and... Uh, yeah, the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon one were, was, was great. But play, stars tend to run from it. I, I don't know if it's the stars, if it's the teams that say, mm, don't go, you can get injured. Mm, don't yeah. go, don't go there. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it's the purpose. The skills challenges and everything, I'm not that big of a fan. I can, uh, staying up late for, for watching that, and I don't, yeah. I can watch the highlights uh, the next day on YouTube, so. Remember, remember when Porzingis won the, the skills contest? I was like, all oh, right, yeah, I'm into the skills contest now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's suddenly important, you know. Actually, I think it's a, the day before the All-Star game, they play the Celebrity All-Star game. Mm, yeah. yeah. I have more fun watching that than the, the, the All-Star game itself. Yeah, I mean, those, see, uh, those are fun, honestly. Seeing uh, gold players uh, play. I think it's more the idea that... Um, they, they do it. They do it a lot here in in, in in Europe in the football. They play old players and they get uh, guys from other sports and other activities to get in the game. Eleven against eleven. Uh, I watched the. There was something in Italy that they uh, a charity game that's like like oh they invited old former players and I saw that uh, from Formula One from the Ferrari uh, at the time it was Vettel and Leclerc. They were playing in the game. They were terrible because they're drivers. <laughs> Right. Uh, playing with uh, Ronaldo's and Totti's, uh, it's it's a different experience the, seeing it like like that. Yeah, I mean that's a, a novel idea. I mean that'd be kind of cool seeing a bunch of like old retired NBA players, you know, trying to show that they still got it. You know, that'd be yeah. that'd be something. Um, they do it in the the NHL, the alumni game. Yeah, yeah, alumni game. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a thing called say, soccer aid here that yeah. was a charity match. Um, it was just last weekend, I think. Um, but yeah, that's exactly that. It's a it's a mix of it's England versus the rest of the world or something like that, and um, yeah. it's it's usually quite good fun. The you know, Rafa, you mentioned uh, the LeBron not being in a dunk contest thing. I feel like that kind of dictated, uh, though you know, Star is not doing it anymore because. He was kind of like, yeah, I'll need to do it. Whereas, like before, you know, you would have like Jordan and Dominique in their prime, you know, doing dunk exactly. contests and stuff. Yeah. Like, how cool would it be to have like Giannis in the dunk contest? You know, it would just be, you know, stuff like that would be fun. You know, it's just because they're star players, so you recognize a star player and you yeah, want to see yeah, what exactly. they can do. Like, imagine ten years ago, LeBron, Westbrook, and Rose. Oh my God. Um, yeah, be uh, people would tune in for that. But like now, yeah. you have like, oh, we got Hamadou Diallo, and it's like. Yeah, hardcore NBA fans know who that is, but you know, it's just like most people are like, "Who the hell is this guy? Why am I trying to watch? like?" Even Obi, Obi was in the dunk contest this past year, and like I watched for him. Like, yeah. Who the hell is Obi? Obi Toppin. That's what like the, the national fans are gonna look like. Who's this guy? You know, I don't know who this yeah. guy is. I want to see Zion. You know <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, Zion, Giannis. Zion was a great. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be Zion, Ja, Ja would be fun. You know, it's kind of like the Ooh. next iteration of Westbrook. But, yeah. but anyway, uh, I kind of want to wrap up this episode with, I guess, a couple moments from this past season 
that you know you guys remember and what made like moments that made this this season memorable for you. So we'll go around the the horn here. We we'll start with uh, start with Alex on this. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this all day, but the um, I mean, as as much of the, the kind of boring answer is the kind of whole season. Like we've been talking about about how the whole season just totally re regenerated, the re energized the kind of whole whole franchise. But if, if I was to pick kind of specific moments, it's got to be the it's got to be the playoffs. It's got to be, um, despite the result, the you know the atmosphere was just. Absolutely insane. Um, um, one particular play, I guess, the um, the Obi dunk um, in transition, and was just I must have watched that about a thousand times. You know, from a thousand different angles. Do you know it is just it just seemed to 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 sum up the series. You know, and um, just everything about it. You know, it created a villain and Trey Young. You know, it was created a rivalry you know that's going to carry into the season that's it was it was just it was just a brilliant time you know it's a shame about the result but yeah it was still a great time you know yeah i mean we talked about it we laughed about it trey young getting into msg and uh, the wwe uh, smackdown or raw something like that i mean that's uh, i don't like uh, as a knicks fan i don't like trey young but seeing a Hawks game is much more enjoyable now because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, a Hawks game uh, against the Knicks, obviously, like it was these couple of years against Dallas because of Porzingis. But people just say, uh, yeah, Porzingis is, is done. I mean, uh, now I want to play Dallas because I want to see Reggie Bullock. I mean, yeah, he was uh, was with us last season. Uh, but it's that difference. Man, there's, there's, Alex, you mentioned so many, so many moments from the season uh when you talk about bringing this to the podcast i went to see the highlights uh so you know I, i was like oh this moment oh i remember this oh i remember this um but the, that block it wasn't a basket or anything but that block from uh noel against the the mavs uh i don't remember in who it was but the, the guy was doing to to just throw it down on him and just, he just it was a super block i remember getting out of my chair for that. It was, uh, I don't remember mm. getting out of my chair for a block. I mean, I remember, but it was against Carmelo Anthony. I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that block was amazing. The, the game against Memphis, uh, the, 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 that game, the eight game winning streak was amazing for us because we beat good teams. The only bad team that was there was the, the, the Lakers without Anthony Davis and LeBron. We, we beat teams that were fighting for the playoffs in the West and the East Coast. I mean, we played and Julius played out of his mind. Uh, everybody was clicking. It was a it was an amazing feeling to watch. And watching as a, as a team, they they even the players they were on the bench not playing. Uh, Benson was a uh, amazing to watch on the bench. The hype guy. I mean, the whole season was enjoyable like that. Uh, but that moment. I've just thought of another one. Uh, the Austin Rivers jazz game. <laughs> I, I forgot we had That's that a Austin good Rivers. One, man. That's a good one. <laughs> I've forgotten he was even on the next. It, was, oh. it, was, it felt that long. Next legend, Austin Rivers. Don't, don't, uh, don't forget. It, you know. <laughs> I still have my, my, my phone, my phone cover when I opened it. 
it's uh, a game for the playoffs. I don't know if you, uh, I'll show it on the webcam, see if you guys can see it. It's the dunk oh, RJ Barrett got on, uh, yeah, on Bogdanovich. Yeah, That what was amazing. That was. that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the game was, I think, was a bit earlier. So I was in the living room. I just screamed, like, <gasps> full dredging through the, the, the wall. <laughs> mm. But so many great moments. I remember uh, those the, when Obi started playing more minutes and started playing well, watching his mother on the stands uh, when this, the, the, the MSG started ch chanting for Obi and his mother crying. And he was like, he was so happy and everybody was uh, congratulating him. It was every player got their moment that last season. I think it was that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say there's a few things for me. And some happened on the court, some happened off the court. So, you know, Rafi mentioned the Memphis game where, you know, it was just a crazy comeback. That was awesome. That was uh, a Zoom party, wasn't it? Uh, it was the Memphis game or the Wizards game, the comeback? Because, we, uh, well, that might have been the Wizards game. Uh, I'm not sure, though. I, I, no, no, I, I think it was. No, I think it was the Memphis game because we had that older guy. Just he just went. Uh, everybody was on the edge of the season. He just went. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, but like one that sticks out for me was another Zoom game was when we played the Pelicans, and you know they just forgot that Reggie Bullock could hit threes from a core from the corner, <laughs> and then he just hits that, and that was just like electric. But beyond that, like, I remember, you know, there was, like, Quickly's game against the Cavs where he had, like, five threes or something like that. Uh, you know, Alex, you mentioned Obi's dunk at the playoffs. That was insane. Um, all the countless Noel blocks, you know, that, that would just get people hype, you know, and, and all that. Those are all great. But I also think about, like, just, like, the progression of R.J. Barrett throughout the year you know, where he couldn't hit a fucking three to save his life in the first beginning of the year. And then, like, he, he, you felt like towards the end, he's putting it up. You're assuming it's going in. You know, that's just, like, the, the total 180 he, he had. Uh, like, even, like, when they would, like, like, an unsung hero of, like, the season that made it so, uh, so funny and special was Kaiden Randall, you know, Julius' son, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, seeing him and uh, Julius's wife, Kendra, in the stands, and, you know, the, there's that the Knicks talk about family all the time, right? The, it's like, oh, we're a big family, like World Wide West. He, he talks about that, you know, and, and that, like, embodied it, you know, where, you know, you see this, this dude's wife and kid in the yeah. stands cheering them on and Julius hitting the baseline jumper, them waving at him, you know, it was a, that was kind of a cool moment. The braids. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, the whole braid thing, you know, <laughs> where he's like, oh, no, he doesn't have – did you see that – uh that post he put on Instagram the other day, by the way. Yeah, I did. Where he had the little like tied fro thing, and he was like, "Oh, I might work this for a couple games this year." No, and I was just like, "I was like, Julius, you know what you're doing. You know, you're you're just fucking around with people. It's it's funny. It's um, fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah remember, remember when uh, you you mentioned Caden? Remember when uh, I think it was against the Hawks or something? When we lost, I don't know. I, I think it was we, the we, Nets when we lost. We the lost Nets. the game. And people started trashing the making fun of the kid, and the oh, next yeah, yeah. Twitter, next Twitter just went boom. Like we defended guy, him man. so, like he was our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you had that moment when when we lost that game to the Nets that was really close, and uh, you know, like you had this video of of Kendra and Kaiden, and they see like this big banner for Kyrie and KD and Harden, 
And then he's just like pointing. He's like, "Oh, I hate them," you know. And uh, every, <laughs> like every every Knicks fan was just like, "Oh, the greatest do. thing of all time," <laughs> yeah. you know. This kid like is, is like the greatest thing ever. And even like those games too, like against the Nets and the Sixers in the regular season, where we came up short. But like we were hanging with those guys, you know. And yeah, yeah. and like you know, this is like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons before everybody thought he was trash. Uh, that you know, this is a team that you thought was contending for the East. You know, hanging with the Bucks when when they're full strength with Giannis and actually beating them. You know, and you know, beat, beat, we beat them twice, didn't we? The Bucks, yeah, but the one the one yeah. one didn't even count. I mean, they had a bunch. Their best player yeah. was the Nasus Antetokounmpo. So they 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 okay. The wrong. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 budget value onto uh, Tukumpo version. But, uh, How no, crazy no it is that they're all champions, man! How crazy hey, man. it is. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is crazy, okay. man. It's just like you got guys like Patrick Ewing who don't have a ring, but Costas uh, onto Tukumpo does, you know. And I'm just like, man, it's crazy. We should get we should get Janice on the pod. You know, being <laughs> being an international, uh, get the Latvian connection going, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know. Would you Would you guys say no? But like, if we get a chance to get Porzingis on this pod, would you say no? Of course, I no, wouldn't I'd say no. That's an NBA <laughs> player. He, what? Like, no, it'd be just uh, I'd I'd abuse him until he he, he hung up the phone, man. Like, so. I would Love just it. like Bring I would on. sign Bring on for somebody for like Jared Harper. I mean, like you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Porzingis uh, is an all-star NBA player. I mean, God, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. He's you know, te- te- technically an all-star. Did, did he, did he make an all-star team when he was here? He did, but he didn't yeah, okay. play. But he didn't play in the game. He was just named yeah. it all. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> He yeah, was, he was he was injured. Remember that time where he was injured? Story that of his brief, life, man. Brief period. <laughs> to be fair, that's to be fair, yeah. man. Uh, I liked when he was here, but all the, all the shenanigans, all this, all the stuff, and just yeah. And that's one that's thing, okay. like I appreciate about Julius so much is like he's such a low maintenance star player. You know, like this dude just like works, has no drama off the court, and just that's it. Mm. You know. It, like you don't, you're never going to see like a, a back page article about some scandal with with Julius Randle. And RJ is kind of the same way. I mean, the closest he comes to a scandal is a Instagram photo of him palming his uh, girlfriend's ass like it's a uh, basketball. But you know, beyond <laughs> that, you know, the, the, the like there's no scandals, that, and that's what I kind of really appreciated about this team too. Because yeah, like yeah. you're in New York, I mean, it's like it's just about like I remember when Steph Marbury was here, man. It was just like. Store bad quote after bad story over and over again, up and down. Melo had a weird relationship with the media as well. You know, it's just like is it is it maybe work of the front office as well, protecting the players more? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you think about Leon, he he like has talked to the media twice since he's been here. Even even Dolan, Dolan's MIA. He's kind of reclusive too. Yeah. Yeah. They changed the 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 idea the way to do it. And Mello, Mello was on an island. I mean, he was yeah, with how many players that they, they were here? Uh, if, if we lost by one point because of, uh, I don't know, something uh, unlucky, Mello's, Mello's to blame. But he scored 40, but he's going to yeah. score 42. Uh, heavy, heavy is the crown, man. Heavy is the crown. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's what they say. And you saw that with, with Randall in the playoffs. Oh, he sucked. He's a bust. Oh, he's gone. 
He's no good. I mean, come on. You know what, though? I tried to tell people, I'm like, if you actually know basketball and you watch the way that Atlanta was defending him, oh, it yeah. made sense because they know they knew Reggie. We talked about this, you know, last week when we were talking about Fournier. You know, they knew Reggie isn't going to, you know, beat you off the dribble. He's a catch and shoot guy, you know, so you could kind of shade somebody, you know, off of him in, and, uh, you know, kind of, it's almost like a halfway double team on Randall. And, you know, he wasn't able to, to do it. And, you know, he'll, he'll learn. That was his first playoff series. You know, he'll be okay. But, but yeah, I, I, what's that? So I was just going to say the the important thing now is that he's got, he's got other guys next to him there. So, Um, you can't afford to double and triple team them anymore. So, man, it exactly. is going to be so fun this year, man. I, I just like like these yeah. players we got. Like, I know you're not supposed to overhype yourself over like offseason acquisitions and stuff like that, but like, I can't help myself. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, like thinking that in like five short weeks, I'm going to be watching like Kemba Walker play for my team and. You know, year okay. three, R.J. Barrett, and, you know, and just see these guys. Quickly, you know, the next yeah. Oh, my God. Like Three, three weeks to preseason. Yeah, I know, I know. Actually, I'm, I'm going to – they're going to be here for a preseason game. And, uh, yeah, so uh, so I got tickets for that. So, you know, I'm going to be going to check that out. Pretty excited. So get my first little glimpse of, uh, of the team, I guess. I don't some, know who's going to be playing, but you know, it's some awesome. exclusive pictures for the for Twitter. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it out, boys. Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I think that's a, a good place to wrap this up. Um, so, as always, guys, thank you for tuning into the second episode of the Worldwide Next Podcast. Um, so, like Rafa mentioned, we are on Twitter now. Uh, so, you can follow our Twitter page. Please do. At uh, WW Nick's podcast, that is going to be on uh, in the show notes as well. So make sure to check that out. We are available on more platforms now. So we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher. Uh, anyone else, Ralph? Or are those the only ones? Radio, radio, something. <laughs> radio Sorry. Public as well. Okay, so <laughs> Sorry, Radio Public. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, but but yeah, we're uh, you know we're trying to get more and more into the distribution, but we're adding more uh, places to find the pod. Uh, so thank you uh, again for checking out the podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. Share it with your friends if you think that they would enjoy uh, hearing what we have to say. And until next time. Uh, this has been Worldwide Knicks, Omar, Alex, and Rafa. We'll catch you guys later. Catch you later.